What is going on everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Cuatro Cuatro Dos. Once again, this is your boy Christian and I want to start off by first apologizing for the last episode. I did not realize that even though I had my mic hooked up and I talked to my mic the whole entire time, the the computer was picking up the audio, not the actual mic. I forgot to change the setting to uh for, you know, the different microphones or whatever it may be. So instead of the microphone picking up the audio, the computer itself picked up picked up the audio. So that's why I sounded a little bit weird, uh, a little bit different. So hopefully this one I did it right and it sounds a little bit better, a little bit clearer, clearer, or uh, you know whatever it may be. But like another week, another dollar. Uh, we are back for another episode and we're gonna talk a little bit about soccer. You know we're gonna go from the Premier League to the MLS, to everything in between, uh, but let's just get to it, I mean, Pochettino, Pochettino, the Argentinian uh, coach, right, and the, the Argentinian head coach, that was once at the beloved Tottenham of a few listeners that we have here, now is going to take his services back, well, not back to Chelsea, but to Chelsea, right, Chelsea, who had a disastrous year, spending all the money they could have Literally every single dollar that a person could put together for a team like Chelsea did, they they literally put it and threw it on their team and, and honestly did not go well for them. I don't even think they got to top 10, if I'm not mistaken, on the table. Yeah, they're 11 right now. They sit in um, 11th place under Fulham, Brentford. You know, even an Aston Villa who hasn't had a, a few years, even in Newcastle. Obviously, Newcastle has all the money too, but they've been able to put a better team together than Chelsea could. And it's crazy because when you look at Chelsea and all the like the names that they have in their squad, you know, granted um, injuries and you know what may what may have you, whatever it may be, but it just doesn't seem like they they did really really good. So started with like Mendy and goal. They had a really good goalkeeper, you know, Aspilicueta has been a really good player for them. Like, just look at some names. Thiago Silva, Koulibaly, uh, Reese James, who, you know, had had an injury. Cucurella, honestly, I don't like Cucurella, but, you know, he made his way over there. Conte, who was, you know, injured. Um, You can say uh, Mount, Mason Mount, Chukwem, ooh, that's a hard one. But that kid, that kid came from uh, Aston Villa, if I'm not mistaken. Chukwemeka, uh, Enzo Fernandez, who became, you know, who was supposed to be the giant signing. I don't think had a good year. Kovacic, uh, also the uh, Croatian guy, did not do a lot. Uh, you know, Abumayang, Sterling, uh, Jao Felix, who also came on loan and got like a red card to begin with. Havertz, the German. Havertz, I don't know how you pronounce that, Pulisic, uh, Mudrik from Ukraine, I mean, you can just start naming, you know, the basically the whole squad, and you're like, damn, with this squad, they weren't able to get much, and yes, with that squad, they were not able, to, right now, as, as it is, and honestly, they won't be able to make it to the top 10, because right now, they have 43 points with two games left, which is six points, so they would go to 49 points, Fulham already has 51 so they wouldn't even make it to the to the 10th place mark. Uh, and they might even end up less than that. So, you know, just depending on how Crystal Palace and Wolverhampton do who are right under them. 
And for them, they have Man City, who, which probably they'll lose this upcoming Sunday. And then they'll have a game against Man United. And then they have to play Newcastle. So it's not that they have really easy games to uh, to kind of end up the you know the season with. So I think they're not even going to break the top 10, which is a disaster for them. But Chelsea now looking forward to potential, you know... Uh, a potential better year next year. I mean, you can't really say much for this year, right? So no, no European competition. So although they have eight, will be the Premier League, and they think Pochettino is gonna be the man. So Poch, going back to Premier League, going back to a big team. I don't know if Tottenham is a big team or not, but a you know going back to one of one of the big teams in the in Europe altogether. Chelsea, who has a really good you know big giant name. Uh, so, you know, all the best for him, I guess, and it is what it is. Um, another story that kind of came out this uh, this week was Haaland. Uh, Erling Haaland, who was supposedly uh, being shopped around before he went to Man City, was being shopped around and was being offered to Man United. And Manchester United turned Erling Haaland down. It's very strange, obviously, when you look at the record-breaking season that Erling Haaland has had uh, so far this year, to to think that you know Manchester United could you know possibly deny him, but indeed you know according to what the coach uh, what's his face um, I forgot ben, tag something tag tag ten tag whatever the fuck his name is, uh, but the coach Aaron Ten Hag there he goes. Uh, he was talking about oh, something he mentioned, you know, that they had offered them to them and they said, no, you know, we're Gucci. I mean, obviously they, I mean, can you say they didn't need them? They're, they're right there still fighting for a top four position. They're tied for with third place with 66 points with Newcastle. So, you know, and they have Bournemouth, Chelsea and Fulham to play. Uh, they have a final with Man City for the FA Cup. So that could be a dangerous game there. For them, but I mean, obviously, Manchester City has used and literally squeezed all the juice that they could out of Erling Haaland. Uh, 85 points so far, top of the table, one game less. Looking forward to basically lift a, a, one of three possible titles this year, and or at least this season, and it could be completely insane. And Haaland, you know, could be come out, you know, come out of this. Uh, season with a Premier League title, an FA Cup title, and a Champions League title. You know, it all it all depends on what happens later on in the day against Real Madrid, but that could you know be the big story for him. So, a, a question that I was actually going to post on Twitter that I, I ended up not doing it, but something that you know could be very interesting to know is what player, if you could pick one player from your Opposing, like let's just say if you're a Tottenham fan, you pick Arsenal, or if you're an Arsenal fan, you pick Tottenham, or you know, whatever it may be. If you're, I don't know, a Boca fan, you know, pick uh, River, or you know, vice versa, whatever it may be. But if you could pick a team, a player that played for your rival to play for your team, or somebody that you really liked, you know, who would it be? Uh, me, for example, if I think of um, River, the only people that I always liked uh, to kind of watch him play was, I mean, Aymar, Pablo Aymar, who played, you know, back in the early 2000s for River. Uh, I kind of have a glimpses of like Enzo Francescoli, 
I I always had like respect for him. It was one of those players that I never kind of like could hate, even though he he did always give Boca hard times. But you know the the Uruguayan Enzo Francescoli always was like I always remembered him fondly in a way, even though I hated him a little bit. You know when we played him, but those were really good players. I mean Burrito Ortega. It's just players that you always wanted to watch play even though they were your, your rivals, even though you, that you were kind of like trained to hate just because they were wearing the opposite jersey. But it was it would have been those cool plays to kind of have in your team. So, it you know, a question open to you guys, you know, if you guys want to let me know. What player, if you could pick a player from you, the opposing team or, some, or a team that you hate, but you're like, you know what, if I had to, you know, kill everybody in that team and just save one person, who would it be? Let me know. Let me know. Uh, talking about killing people, uh, it didn't get to that, but it almost got to it in a way. As Barcelona went to go play Espanol it, at their house, and obviously with a victory, they were clinching the title, even though I think they still have like four or five games to be played in the season over there in La Liga. But obviously, Barcelona has been so far um, very... I mean, strong in just La Liga, because honestly, in the international competitions, they weren't doing great. Barcelona is one of those teams that was good, you know, domestically, but not internationally. And, you know, has been going through a lot of financial issues and a lot of sketchy things, a lot of bribe, you know, investigations going on with referees and just a lot of really bad press for that team. Um, You know, the whole Spotify deal kind of changing they're kind of integrity not integrity but you know kind of letting spotify run what they do to their jersey in a way you know putting different singers names and brands on their jerseys and stuff like that it's not much of a disrespect but if you're one of those purists of like you know the jersey is like sacred having like random ass you know logos on your jerseys from like you know not 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 disrespect but like you know peso pluma or like becky g or whoever it may be that's popping at the moment on spotify you know since they have a contract and you know spotify paid so many millions of dollars they kind of they they basically can do whatever they want with their shirt uh so like i said if you're a purist you're like man that's kind of sketchy it's kind of weird if you're like not a purist that you don't really care you're like well you know it is what it is part of the contract it's part of the deal, you know, do what you got to do to get your money, right? But Barcelona went to Espanol. I think they, I don't even think they won. I think they tied, but let me go check it out real quick. But the whole point is that they win, they won the title. They clinched the title at Espanol. So the players started celebrating. They started, you know, doing a little round and started, you know, just kind of going along. And everybody was happy and excited and just kind of, uh, yeah, they did win. Um, but everybody was just happy, excited, and, you know, celebrating. They won 4-2, you know, it's all happiness and everything. And then, all of a sudden, you start seeing kind of like players start running towards the, the tunnel. And you're like, what the, like, what's going on? What's going on? Like, who, 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 why are they running? And then you look at, you know, one of the stands and all the all the fans are coming, all the, you know, quote-unquote ultras of Espanol are running into the field to kind of, you know, be able to get to the player, to the Barcelona players to kind of whoop their ass. And you're like, oh, shit, you know, like, shit just got real. So Barcelona players had to, like, jet out of the field, had to get out before they got, you know, their ass beat. There were some, uh, 
you know, words said in the tunnel because some of you, some of the fans were able to get all the way to the tunnel, you know, from the field to the to the dressing rooms, and you can see some of the Barcelona players kind of, you know, acting tough in in the in the safety of the tunnel. You know, obviously, the the fans probably shouldn't be doing that, but you know, it just kind of happens. And you know, what you, what can you do? You know, if you're if you're there, kind of disrespecting, you know, their 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 home. And you know you kind of go to their house and kind of celebrate in front of them. And I don't know exactly where Espanola is specifically is specifically from, but you know there's always that little rivalry between you know the Barcelona de Catalonia, the the whole you know trying to become an independent kind of country, and then you have a you know like Real Madrid or Atlético Madrid that are basically. In the whole part of the Spain, the crown, you know, that we're Spaniard and they're they're very proud of everything that they like that they do and they belong to. And then they kind of, you know, be, you know, venerate the king and the queen and they do everything like that. So there's always that like giant, not giant, but, you know, there's always that fight between them just because of political reasons and stuff like that. So I don't even know if Espanol falls into the percentage of that, you know, we love the crown type thing. And then obviously Barcelona kind of hates the crown, but, you know, shit happens and and that's what happened with them. So it is what it is. Um, I know not even Espanol is, is from Barcelona. So. It could be that they just like they're just hated rivals. He, there, there was me talking out of my ass. But Espanol is actually from Barcelona, so that's you know that's like kind of like a derby. You know, the other uh, team from Barcelona kind of ru- you know running and talking shit to your face. So yeah, fuck Barcelona type thing. If you're Espanol, right? Like, get, like let's go get them, chase them down down the tunnel. And, you know, don't let them don't let them come celebrate in our house. The fuck do they think they are? Type thing. So there's that. Uh, so uh, Xavi, you know, gets his first title, if I'm not mistaken, with Barcelona as a coach. So shout out to him, and that's you know that's what it's gonna be. Uh, another thing is that Messi. Well, no, we already talked about Messi. It is what it is. But today was a, there was a Champions League game earlier on on Tuesday today that I'm recording. Uh, tomorrow Wednesday you're gonna or today Wednesday if you're listening to this probably on Wednesday you're gonna have Man City take on Real Madrid and today we had Inter Milan take on AC Milan the Calcio del well not Calcio del Derby de la Madolina como es que le dicen Madolina I can't I can't pronounce that one but you know what I mean Madonina whatever it was but the question stands or the question is can Internazionale, who won 3-0 on aggregate against AC Milan, a pretty good game. Uh, the first game, you know, they just scored two, kind of went defensive afterwards. AC Milan wasn't able to do much. In this game, even though they were already up on the on the scoreboard, a lot of people thought that they were just going to sit back and kind of defend the 2-0 lead. They, you know, Inter kind of did their game. You know, they went up there. They they looked for for opportunities. They looked for goals. AC Milan some had some clear shots on goal. Had some clear opportunities, but were not able to get in there. Uh, but Inter Milan was able to get there with Lautaro Martinez, the Argentine. The captain uh, was able to really you know connect there with Lukaku. Lukaku also who just came out of a wounded Chelsea. 
and now he's gonna go play the Champions League final in Istanbul. So how crazy is that story, right? They so Inter actually sold Lukaku to Chelsea for I don't know how many millions of dollars, like a ridiculous amount, like in the nineties, to kind of go over there and flop in a way. So Lukaku made his way back to Inter, and now he's you know playing in the semifinals of the Champions League. Uh, having an assist and now going to play for the final but like I was saying the true question is can Internazionale uh, of Milan or Inter, Inter Milan beat or compete against a Manchester City or Real Madrid uh, we already know Real Madrid is you know second in La Liga obviously they're not gonna win that they're probably already um you know they're looking for their spot for the Champions League, but I mean they already are in there for next year. So, but I mean we know that they have what 14, 15 already uh, cups, uh, Champions League cups. Real Madrid, they are known beasts when it comes to uh, the Champions League. They literally they could be the worst team ever in regular La Liga play, which they're not. They're in second place. But when it comes to Champions League, when it comes to playing giant teams, and when it comes to you know stepping up. Luka Modric, Vinicius, I mean, everybody and their team, the the little French kid, uh, Kamabinga, uh, they step up and they become like a real, real difficult squad. I mean, they have Benzema who literally put them on their shoulder last year and almost literally won them a whole Champions League by himself. And you have a guy that is inspired like that. And if you're Man City, honestly... You know, you're you have a difficult match against you. You know, you have a difficult match in front of you, and it's gonna be very difficult. Even though you know you are Manchester City and you are probably one of the best teams to be playing soccer at the moment. You know, possession based, moving the ball around, getting the ball back very quick when you lose it. Uh, you're about to win the Premier League, probably the most competitive league in the world and the best league in the world, in my opinion, and. You know, FA Cup final, and you're competing against the best of the best in the Champions League. Obviously, you went to Real Madrid. You tied 1-1. Maybe you were the better team, depending on how you see the game. A lot of people, me personally, uh, I think Real Madrid had a better game planned, even though they did not hold the ball the, the, more, the most. I think the game plan was just that, just give Manchester City the ball and counter and I think they were more dangerous than Manchester City was at all uh, even though Manchester City did play a really good game but I mean you know Erling Haaland got kind of shut down by Rudiger another ex-Chelsea um, and you know it's just Real Madrid is just a force to be reckoned with when it comes to you know the Premier League to sorry the Champions League so it's going to be a really good game honestly probably one of the best games a, a final before the final in my opinion and I think it's going to be a really, really good one uh, to kind of keep your eye on if you, you know, if you like really good soccer, to be honest, right? Um, being that said, I think that's all that we have in kind of like those international competitions. I want to touch a little bit on the MLS just to kind of see where we're at. Um, a So Minnesota, Minnesota, Minnesota. Uh, Bebelo Reynoso is, has been cleared to play back in the MLS. You know, he had a whole problem, a whole issue in Argentina about, you know, fighting kids at nightclubs and, you know, just kind of there was a gun involved and, you know, just a bunch of weird shit going on over there. Obviously, you, you can take the boy out the hood, but you can't 
take the hood out the boy type thing. So Emmanuel Reynoso has been cleared to return to action to play for Minnesota United. The club did announce this uh, on Tuesday, also today. So it's it's giant news for them. Hopefully, there you know he's he won't see the field against the Dynamo here on Wednesday. Um, but you know probably not. But maybe on the weekend. So we'll see if we can see Reynoso again. I mean Minnesota is not having a great. They're having a mediocre year. I mean out of eleven games, they only have twelve points. They're sitting in like tenth place, or if I'm not mistaken, somewhere around there. 9-10, um, but some of the teams that are doing really good was see you know Seattle Sounders first place so far. LAFC also having a really good year. You know, final of the Champions League. You know, having a good solid year at home. Uh, still, you know, had struggled a little bit in the U.S. Open Cup, but then again, they were playing with their second team, like their literal LAFC two two team. So that's that. New England Revolution is having a good year on the East Coast. FC Cincinnati is also having a good year on the East Coast, even though you know they sold Brenner, and I don't think he's getting a lot of action there because you know he's basically has his uh, bags ready and packed to go to Udinese in Italy. So it's going to be interesting to see that. Um, and then you know I'm just that's kind of that's kind of it. You know Nashville is having a good time, uh, a good season so far. St. Louis had a really good start. Uh, so those that's basically going to be it over there. There's still, you know, that's only one third of the season of the MLS. So there's a lot of MLS to be uh, played. So we can, you know, focus on that whenever we get a little bit more time. I know Chris had asked about, uh, there was also, you know, United States men's news. Obviously, as you guys know, I'm not really versed when it comes to the U.S. I know I should be probably, but for some reason I am not. But we're going to give it a try, give it a go, because this is what he answered. So we're going to go in here. He says, Balugan, Balugun, or Ferreira. So Balugun, this kid, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, Balugun has declared a switch from England to the United States. Uh, something that doesn't happen often when guys basically change their alliance of countries almost. You know, it sounds kind of weird or harsh, but that's basically what happens. They're like, you know, I don't want to play for this country anymore. Uh, maybe they played like, I think there's like certain rules. If you play, you have to play. Like if you play um, like in the major, like in the first team, quote unquote, I don't think you're able to switch back. And then, you know, it just kind of gets a little bit more complicated to kind of turn around and pick another country. Uh, I think he was in the in the national teams and in the youth national teams for England. This Balogun kid. And now he decided that he wants to play for the USA because he's not going to get a call up to the England national team. The US national team has been kind of shaping themselves to be a really good squad for the next World Cup. Obviously, you have the Gold Cup, Gold Cup coming, Copa America coming next year, and a bunch of different other competitions, you know, in between, sprinkled between. Uh, obviously, they're not going to be um, part of the whole, you know, qualification stuff for the World Cup since they're hosting they get a spot automatically Mexico does too and Canada does as well so they won't have to deal with that issue there but you still want to put a competitive team in the field you know in the next four years trying to construct something to kind of get to these competitions especially the World Cup in 2026 at home with a really good team 
And Ferreira also, I don't know if you guys know, but he had been rumored that Napoli had been looking at him. So, you know, obviously a, a guy, Ferreira, he's weird. Honestly, I I don't I don't know if I like him or not. He, he's, he's one of those players that, you know, he's a Dallas player. So maybe I'm, I'm a little biased in the fact that he's a Dallas player. So I kind of just don't like him because he's a homegrown. He's a product of Dallas. He's a player that, you know, is kind of Dallas through and through. So maybe I'm just blinded by my hate of Dallas to not like him. But, you know, so far he has seems to be a very consistent player when it comes to the national team, when it comes to his club team, you know, when it comes to everything that he's doing correctly this season, he's been putting up good numbers. He's been playing really well. He scores for his team. He, you know, he assists. Whenever he plays for the national team, he puts up good shifts. So it's one of those things that, you know, it's going to be hard to to kind of like predict, you know, with the whole coaching shit going on in the United States. Uh, you know, blackmailing and this and that. They barely got a sporting director who, if I'm not mistaken, was Southampton's sporting director or somebody like that or somebody, you know, not a not a big team in in, uh, in England uh, is taking over that role. So he's going to be in charge of getting a new coach. Obviously, a lot of people are keep saying that uh, Berhalter will be back with this team and then some other names are being thrown around. But it's going to be a really tough decision to kind of be able to set up a starting 11 because more and more United States is becoming a really good team and is becoming a team that has a lot of different options for many different spots on the field. And when it comes to forwards and midfielders, uh, as of lately, you know, the United States is coming out. It's putting out really good product out there. You know, players that are playing in Europe, players that are, you know, playing in big teams and top teams and different leagues in the world. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they can put this team together and what's the best decision. Um, honestly, I don't know this Balogun guy. I don't even know. Like I said, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. They're saying that he's really good. But if I had to pick between him and Ferreira, I'm just going to go Ferreira just because he's a familiar face. Uh, and I think he's been doing really good. And he's been putting up really, you know, decent numbers for this United States team. So there's my answer. Hopefully you like it. Hopefully it's not a terrible take. But I think it's a pretty, you know, you know, just safe take in a way, right? So uh, another thing that happened, you know, uh, Sheikh, Sheikh Jassim makes a new bid for Manchester United. It's kind of new too. So Manchester United is still kind of... Up in the air is like who the who, who the fuck is gonna buy you know buy Manchester United a team that is one of the I don't know if best clubs but one of the most historically uh, like big names in the sport of soccer like the brand of Manchester United is a big one you know the brand of the Red Devils of Manchester United is a giant brand so whoever's gonna get this not only is gonna get you know, a good team, a good stadium, a good everything, but, you know, everything that the history that comes behind it, the name that comes behind it, uh, it's gonna, it's gonna be, you know, a whole thing that like, that comes with it. So whoever becomes the, the owner and the provider of money of this team is gonna have a really good time. I think in Manchester United, especially if this is guy, you know, these people that have all the money in the goddamn world and, you know, they're able to do different things like that. So we'll see what happens. Uh, and we'll see what goes on. 
Uh, honestly, I don't think I have anything else to kind of throw in here. I might be forgetting some, but if I am, I apologize. But it is what it is. So without further ado, we'll keep this one short. I don't really tend to talk not this much, even though it's been half an hour. But you know, it is what it is. Let me know, guys. Don't forget, whatever you know. What are your takes? What do you think? Do you think I'm, you know, I'm tripping or not on the different things that I've said? But I think so far, man, we've been having a really good year of soccer. We've been having a lot of really good ups and downs in different clubs. I mean, Aston Villa is fighting for in a possible European, you know, a spot. So shout out to fucking Villa, bro. Like, you know, I've been a fan for a couple of years now and, you know, a rough start. But I think we've been doing really good. So there goes my five cents on the Villa. So up the Villa. I want the Boca. Uh, Copa Libertadores is coming up here in a couple weeks, so we'll talk a little bit about that later on. But without further ado, thank you guys. Have a good night. Have a good morning, and we'll see you soon.